0: live like you all have. our time is getting away, so I'm going to ask you our questions tonight. What are you now listen, we got to say it together, all right, we got to say it together. What's true success in life? Living your life and going to heaven when this life is over. Also success, say it together, okay? Let's try it again. What's true success in life? Living your life and going to hell in
1: this life.
0: What's true failure in life? Living your life and going to hell in this life. And what's God's idea for marriage? One man for one woman for life. And why were you made to glorify God? Let's say it. Why were you made? Why? And because God made you, what does that mean? Special. Well, just, let's say it this way I am special. Say it. I, I am, am special. special. All right. So when you get up tomorrow and go to school, y'all going to school tomorrow? All day long. When you come home to your house after school, what are you going to do from the moment you get up and you go to your bed? I will do my best. I will never give up and let God take care of the rest. And I'll always remember that right is always right, and wrong is always wrong. It's never right to do wrong, and it's never wrong to do right. That's right because the Bible is right. All right, let's close out with a one, two, three song. All right, one, two, three. One and two, Jesus loves you. Three and four, He loves you more. More than you ever been loved before. Five, six, seven, eight six, seven. Eight and nine, His love is divine. Now we've sung right up to ten. We don't have time to sing it again. All right, I'm going to call on uh, Tommy to lead our prayer in just a moment, but I do have a couple of announcements that I want to share with you before we go to our classes. And again, we... Are so grateful that uh, all of you are here tonight. We have visitors with us, I'm sure. And uh, we just want you to know how glad we are that you're here. But just a couple of reminders before we go to class. We're thankful that uh, Brother Larry Morgan came home from the hospital. Pray for him. There are also many others of our number who are dealing with COVID and other kinds of illnesses and so forth. Let's do what we can to try to encourage somebody every single day. We also want to remember uh, Jackson and Jenny Carol Daigler. Of course, this is the daughter of Bob and Trina Maddox. Uh, Their house uh, burned this past Wednesday and uh, Missy Barnett is coordinating with the church at Starkville on their behalf uh, to help them financially. And I understand that she is going to come back into the foyer after class is dismissed. If you'd like to see her there and uh, maybe contribute, you certainly can do that. But let's remember them in our prayers and uh, let's contribute financially. Also, we do what? (laughs) Okay.
1: Also, uh, we
0: plan to go to Winona for World Evangelism Work Day this coming Friday. This is for the whole congregation. Uh, The bus will leave at 8 and return around 6. So if you want to sign up for that tonight, we would love for you to. Also, I want to encourage you to remember that our fifth Sunday is next Lord's Day. And uh, that money is going to go toward our benevolence. The congregation here... Uh, does a great work in benevolence. I I really have never seen another church that is more conscientious about helping those that are needy than this particular church. Every single day here, uh, I think somebody is helped financially in some way. Uh, I have seen things that have bothered me. I, I, I have seen homeless folks. I don't know how they go and survive in the cold. Uh, without any place to go. We have people that are needing food, people that are far less fortunate than we are as far as blessings are concerned. And uh, it's our duty. If we're going to be the church that belongs to Christ, we have an obligation and a duty uh, to be benevolent toward those in need. So that contribution this coming Lord's Day is going to go directly toward that. So please remember that. That's all the announcements that I have. I'm going to ask Brother Tom to lead our prayer, and then we'll be dismissed to class.
2: Our Father, we are truly thankful for all of the blessings that you give us each day. Father, be with those that have been mentioned as being sick. Help them to return to their health. Father, thank you so much for all of these young people that are coming and soaking up this knowledge. Help us to always do what's right in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. do I, Do I lift
0: up my soul unto the old Lord. 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 Lord? Do I lift up my soul?
2: got real quiet
0: all of a sudden, so I I assume that
2: means it's time to start. Uh, That's just really good. Good blessing to be here to hear that. Um, I think I learned some stuff too. I'm glad we're doing that for our kids. I I can't speak for all of them, but I know one five-year-old little boy that enjoys it and an 11-year-old girl. Uh, It's good to be back with you teaching tonight. Um, I was on the slate to teach last week, and I talked to Jim on Sunday, and he filled in and continued to teach. We came down, or I came down with COVID, so um, over that now, for the most part, so I'm glad to be here and be back with you. And uh, I know we've already prayed, but I want to just bring up again, we we need to remember Larry, uh, home from the hospital, and also COVID, we got a lot of people out. Um, Ben and Joanne were mentioned. And Also, Jenny Carroll, we need to remember them and all they're going through. Is there anybody else that m- maybe we didn't mention that need, we need to mention? And we'll have another prayer. Sue Mason. Sue Mason. Okay. Ethan
0: Kendrick. Ethan Kendrick. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Uh, I heard today that foot to tradition on the middle of road.
2: So, uh, just a lot of people we need to remember, and uh, Austin Wentz, I'm uh, remembering them. A lot of people on our prayer list, so, any others? Brady Wiggins, one of the elders of Hillcrest. is one of the elders of Hillcrest. Let's go to God in prayer and then we will begin um, our lesson from Joshua. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for this day that you have blessed us with. We are thankful uh, for all of our blessings that we take for granted. We thank you for this time that we have to be together. Uh, Father, we have many people here that are sick in our congregation and our community and we just lift them up to you and want to... Uh, remember them, and ask you to to please help them and to please heal them. Um, We know you love us and you hear our prayers, and and that's what we ask from you, Father, that that you just be with them. Uh, We have several others that we may not have mentioned, and and we ask your blessings on those and all those who are sick on our list and in our community. Father, we pray now as we go through this study that you would help us to uh, focus on Your Word just for a little while to put off the things of the world and to uh, to do all we can to, uh, during this time that we have to learn more about You and Your Word. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. So what I would like to do to start, um, I always like to do just a little review. And we are we're in Joshua 21, if you want to turn in your Bibles. We're going to study uh, from this lesson, chapter 21, also, chapter twenty-two, and a lot to talk about. Rick has kindly has kindly agreed to read for us, and I told him I'd spare him some of the details. We're going to skip around a lot. Uh, we'll get into all that discussion again about all these cities, and I told Rick I, I try to uh, go easy on him tonight. But we're, we're here in Joshua twenty-one, and uh, if you go all the way back to Joshua chapter thirteen in our review, and I won't I won't review every chapter, but you go all the way back to Joshua chapter 13, uh, God told uh, Joshua that it was time for them to take the rest of the land that they were promised. And it says that Joshua was old and advanced in years, and it was time for them to, to finish what they started, you might say. And, and that's where we've been for the last couple of weeks, two or three weeks, talking about that inheritance that each tribe was to get. Um. There were some tribes on the other side of the Jordan, uh, two and a half tribes there. And then there were, there were others in Canaan that, that we, we have studied about and talked about their inheritance and the land that they got, the land that they received. And tonight we're going to do that. We're going to talk about the Levites uh, just for a little while. But if you go back to the last uh, last chapter, last lesson we were on, actually it was in, in Joshua 18. Um, we see that, that there were still seven tribes that had to receive uh, their inheritance. And Joshua sent out men to spy and to survey, not to spy necessarily, but to survey the land. You know, one thing I thought about, and Jim, Jim and I maybe briefly talked about this, but they were going out surveying all this land. And think about the time that that would have taken. Uh, they were sending out three people from each tribe. And we're not talking about an area the size of Boomble here. Uh, It's a pretty big area that they had to go out and survey, so this, you know, we read from chapter to chapter, and we think, well, this happened the next day. That's not necessarily the truth. There was a lot of time in there involved in in this process, so we'll talk about that just a little bit more tonight. Um, If you flip on over to Joshua 19, we see that Joshua received his inheritance, and also uh, Eliezer the priest, the heads of the tribes, and they received their inheritance, and, and it At the end of 19, it's sort of like they they finished their job. Uh, Almost, you might say. But in Joshua chapter 20, also Jim talked about this last week, uh, they set up the cities of refuge. And we'll get back to that in just a little bit. That was an interesting point. Um, They were to set up six different cities of refuge. And that was for those who accidentally killed somebody or caused harm to them. Unintentionally. And there there were six of those cities. And you know, in my first thought as a human, I'm thinking, how many accidents did they have that they needed six different cities? But at the end of the day, God knows a lot more than we do. And there was a reason why He did this. Uh, I think Jim talked about that it was sort of an eye for an eye at that time. So if they killed somebody, then they would be killed. And this way they could go and and seek refuge if it was an accident, and they could could wait for their trial, you might say. So, uh, this was a good thing that God had in place for them. And so, that kind of brings us up to what we're going to talk about tonight, starting in Joshua 21. And we're going to talk about the Levites. So, let me ask you this question. Who were the Levites? The priests, okay. What about the Levites? Why did they get left out? They were the last ones here. Seemed to be like good people to me. Why didn't they get some land? Anybody know the question or the answer to that? They were supported by the other tribes. Do I? They
1: were supported
2: by the eleven tribes. Yeah, Luther said they were to uh, support or to be supported by the the other eleven tribes, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more. Any other comments anybody wants to make? On the reason
0: they didn't get land. Curse. Okay. From the the dead Levi.
2: Yeah. Uh, Sort of a curse, Jim said. And if you go back and do some digging, a lot, also, if you're studying Joshua, Numbers gives a lot of uh, accounts, things we can go back and look and read the book of Numbers about. We'll do that some tonight. But, so these Levites, they weren't getting, they did receive land, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but they weren't getting the amounts of land that the other tribes were getting. These Levites were given cities, and they were actually given some some pasture land in these cities. So it's really interesting, and they were also to be over those cities of refuge that we talked about. They would kind of be in charge of that. So we're going to dig into it. Uh, We're going to go through a couple chapters. I'll go through it as quick as I can and and try to point out the, the important things, and we'll skip over a lot too. So to start us out, Rick, if you would, read Joshua 21. 1 through
1: 3. Then came near the heads of the fathers of the Levites unto Eleazar the priest, and unto Joshua the son of Nun, and to the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they spake unto them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan, saying, The Lord commanded by the hand of Moses to give us cities to dwell in, with the suburbs thereof for our cattle. And the children of Israel gave unto the Levites out of their inheritance at the commandment of the Lord these cities and thus their suburbs.
2: All right, so I think I went off. Yeah, I'm still there. So the heads of the father's houses, Joshua 21, starting there, the first three verses, uh, the heads of the Levites, they they approached um, Eleazar, the high priest, and Joshua, and they said, you know, Moses had promised us we would have certain cities. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Um, Moses had commanded the Levites were to be given towns or cities in the land of Canaan and, and pasture land. If you will, hold your spot in Joshua. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this one for us. Uh, turn over to Numbers chapter 35. Where we'll read about this topic. Numbers chapter 35. And I'm going to read first. Um, Actually, it talks about it 1 through 8. So we'll see how, or excuse me, uh, yeah, 1 through 8. So we'll see how far we go. But we'll start in verse 1, Numbers chapter 35. The Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Command the people of Israel to give to the Levites some of the inheritance of their possession as cities for them to dwell in. And you shall give to the Levites pasture lands around the city. The cities shall be theirs to dwell in, and their pasture lands shall be for their cattle and for their livestock and for all their beasts. The pasture lands of the cities which you shall give to the Levites shall reach from around—excuse me—from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits all around. And you shall measure outside the city on the east side two thousand cubits, and on the south side two thousand cubits, and on the west side, side two thousand cubits, and on the north side two thousand cubits the city being in the middle. This shall belong to them as pasture lands for their cities. Uh, Let's just keep reading. The cities that you give to the Levites shall be the six cities of refuge where you shall permit the manslayer to flee, and in addition to them you shall give 42 cities. All the cities that you give to the Levites shall be 48 with their pasture lands. And as for the cities that you shall give from the possession of the people of Israel, from the larger tribes you shall take many, and from the smaller tribes you shall take few, each in proportion to the inheritance that an inherit shall give of its cities to the Levites. thought that explained it pretty good, but a lot better than I could explain it. We would just read about that. So, there was 48 cities total that the Levites were going to receive. Six of those cities were the cities of refuge, and then there was 42 others. Um, and the way they kind of divided that Um, God was being fair with the people there were some tribes that were larger they had more land they gave a few more cities so God was being uh, fair with the people there I thought about that uh, I remember when Ben Carson was running for president he was asked about his tax plan and he brought up he said well I'm going to do it the way God did it God was fair with his people And that's the way I'm going to do it. And I thought, you know, that that was a a good response, a good plan. So we see here that they were given, again, these 48 cities. Um, You can jump back over to Joshua 21. Another thing interesting in that text is their pasture land. Um, And I, I told you to jump too quick. Back in Numbers 35... it it specified, God specified the exact dimensions of of the cities they would get and then their pasture land. And one thing, the first thing, the the city would extend out from the walls a thousand cubits every side. And then from there, it was another 2,000 cubits that would be their pasture land. Um, A cubit, if you just Google it, it, it's about a foot and a half. And it's supposed to be like from your your elbow up to your wrist or elbow to your thumb or something. That was their unit of measurement. I'd hated to sit out there and go one, two. We got a lot better tape measures nowadays. But it was interesting. They specified exactly their dimension. You know, if you look back at this whole study that we've been doing, God made a promise to them. And they were to follow that promise. And He told them the specifics of the things that they were to do. And if they didn't do those specific things, they were punished. Um, we read about that when Achan was punished for his crime. You remember, he took the, he took the gold and the silver. So it's just an interesting topic that, that God gave them these specifics. Uh, if you do the math on that, by the way, I'm from Alabama. But I learned to count at a young age. But if you do the math on that, and you say, okay, a cubit's a foot and a half, that's about a mile out, all the way around. So they had a pretty each each city. Uh, they had a pretty good area for their livestock, and a pretty good area for the you know the the things that went on in the town, business you might say, in the markets. Uh, but they had pretty good territory. Any comments on that? We'll move on. Rick, if you would read for us four through eight Chapter
1: and the lot came out for the families of a, of the Kohathites and the children of Aaron the priest which were of the Levites had by lot out of the tribe Judah and out of the tribe of Simeon and out of the tribe of Benjamin 13 cities and the rest of the children of a, of Kohath had by lot out of the families of the tribe of Ephraim out of the tribe of Dan, and out of the half-tribe of Manasseh, ten cities. And the children of Gershon had by lot out of the families of the tribe of Ishkar, and out of the tribe of Asher, and out of the tribe of Naphtali, and out of the tribe of Manasseh and Bashan, thirteen cities. The children of Marari, by their families, had out of the tribe of Reuben, and out of the tribe of Gad, and out of the tribe of Zebulun, twelve cities. And the children of Israel gave by lot unto the Levites, these cities with their suburbs, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses.
2: Okay, so just keep your spot there. And Jim had this on a PowerPoint, and I don't have that for you. But um, So to help understand these, these tribes of Levi, Levi had three sons. If you go to Numbers chapter 3, it talks about his children and how uh, the list of the lineage, you might say. But Levi had three sons: Kohath, Gershon, and Merari. I like that name Merari. Um, I always look for a way to find some humor in things. But I thought about maybe he was a uh, his descendants were IndyCar car drivers. It's kind of what you know. Merari sort of sounds that way. But that was just a joke. Um, but we see he, Levi had three sons, and the lots came out for the Kohathites, those who, who were descendants of Kohath first. Um, and out of that tribe, 13 of the cities went to the d- descendants of Aaron and 10 more went to the rest of the Kohathites. Then we see 13 cities for Gershon, 12 for Merari. That makes up the 48 cities that were given to the Levites. If you go to Numbers chapter 3, it talks about, and Moses actually did a census during that time. Um, and back during that, that time, it lists 22,000 22,000 males uh, in that census who were above one month or older. Now that was during that time. Again, that's just a number. I I did some searching for, I'd like to have seen how many Levites there were at this time. And and I came up short on that search. But maybe that gives you a good idea at that time of Moses when they did that census, there were 22,000 or you might say 23,000 descendants. They were males. We're going to skip just a a pretty good portion here. Verses 9 through 40 we're going to skip over. That is again the the list of the cities that were given. So I told Rick I'd save his lungs just a little bit. He's recovering from COVID. And we'll skip over that. So we're going to go down now to Joshua 21 starting in verse 41. Rick, if you would read for us. 41 through 45.
1: And all the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel were forty and eight cities with their suburbs. These cities were every one with their suburbs round about them. Thus were all these cities. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he swore to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt herein, therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass.
2: Thank you. So again, we see that about the 48 cities and their land or the pasture land that they received. Uh, you keep reading on down. And it's a really good end into this chapter. Um, it says the Lord in verse forty three, the Lord gave to Israel all the land that He swore to give to their fathers. Um, he gave them rest on every side. He said, as He had promised, no enemy had withstood them. The Lord handed their enemies over, and um, again we see God's promise uh, to be held true for them. And that's really the lesson for us. And we'll get. I'll, I'll talk about that. I'm going to save that for the end. But how faithful God was. Especially when they were faithful, right? So we'll talk about that just a little bit more. Again, we think about God's promises and and I'm going to read Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19 for us. Numbers 23, 19. I'm reading from ESV version. Uh, It says, God is not man that he should lie or Son of Man, that He should change His mind? Has He said, and will He not do it? Or has He spoken, and will He not fulfill it? Behold, I receive a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot revoke it. And we think about that verse and what it said. If you're not turned over there, it's Numbers 23, 19. It's a good reminder to us of God. And we think on human, on a human level. And he talked about God's not a man. He don't lie. He's not a man like us. We as humans, we lie sometimes. Um, he talks about He's not the Son of Man, that He should change His mind. Don't men often change their minds? It's not what God did here. It's not what He does today. Is that, that He does not lie, and He is the truth. Psalm 145.13 says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. I think about that verse that Jim had put in our notes. It's Psalm one forty five thirteen, How His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And I was trying to relate a little bit. Like what is our application? And again, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But I thought about the Levites were priests. How does that relate to us? And then I remember that Peter said that we're a royal priesthood. And in Psalm 145.13 says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And we as Christians are part of that priesthood and we can enjoy God's promise of an everlasting kingdom. And that should excite us, shouldn't it? I think about Ken. Ken said, yes, it should excite us but it's an exciting thing to know that God has given us that promise so we're going to flip over to uh, numbers t- I mean excuse me Joshua 22 Joshua 22 and it's quite a bit to read here Rick if uh, start with one through six if you don't mind
1: Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of of Manasseh and said unto them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you and have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren as he promised them. Therefore, now return ye and get into your tents and into the lands of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord gave on the other side of Jordan, but take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord charged you to love the Lord, your God, to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away. And they went unto their tents.
2: All right. Big, exciting time for these tribes right here. Joshua called to them and and they came and they met. He said, You've been faithful. Now go back and and, and inherit your land and enjoy it. And we'll keep reading. I'm going to read a couple more verses on that. But everything looks good and and they lived happily ever after, right? Have y'all read it? Have y'all kept reading? I thought about this. It's got a little twist to the plot here. It's kind of like watching a, a Hallmark movie. Does anybody watch Hallmark in here? Don't Men, you can raise your hand. It's okay. My wife watches Hallmark, and you know, I, I got into it a little bit with her. Uh, I'm not, I, I hate to admit that, guys. But I got into Hallmark movies a little bit during Christmas, and you know, everything looks like it's going just perfect. Beautiful, happy couple. Some of the prettiest people you've ever seen meet each other in the middle of nowhere. And one of them's got like a 1955 pickup that's beautiful. But everything's looking like it's going good, and all of a sudden there's a, there's a twist, isn't it? There's always that little twist. And here we're, we're to that little twist in our plot. Everything looks like it's going smooth, and then we see another problem come up. Uh, so we'll keep reading about that. I'm going to read... Um, I'll read 7 through 9, Rick, and then after that, if you'll read 10 through 12. Now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan, but to the other half, Joshua had given a possession beside their brothers in the land west of the Jordan. And when Joshua sent them away to their homes and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your tents with much wealth, with very much livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and with much clothing. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers, so the people of Reuben and the people of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh return home, parting from the people of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, their own land, of which they have possessed possessed themselves by command of the Lord through Moses. So, here, now it all looks good. They've got their land, they've got their money, they've been faithful to God. And now he's going to see that that little twist that we were talking about. Rick, if you would read for us uh, 10 through 12.
1: And when they came unto the borders of Jordan, that are in the land of of Canaan, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see. And the children of Israel heard say, Behold, the children of Reuben Reuben, and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the borders of Jordan at the passage of the children of Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war against them.
2: Did y'all hear that? The whole congregation. So they went back, and the first thing they did, what did they do? When they went back to their land, what, what did they do? What did they do? It says they built what? They built an altar. And it was a big altar. It mentions that it was big, it doesn't use the word big. But it, it was a big altar. They, they took a lot of time, and they want to make sure they, they built a, a good altar, a nice altar. So when the people of Israel heard about that, what did they do? You what? That's the very end there in verse 12. They wanted to go to war with them. I want you to think about everything that they had been through. They didn't just defeat Jericho. If you read those cities, it was a lot of cities they defeated. They had wandered previously for a long time in the wilderness. Finally, they had got to their land. Everything looked like it was going good. And then all of a sudden, we're about to have war again. Now, why do you think the people wanted to have a war, or go to war with them? They thought they were going to have false worship. Jim said they that? thought they were going to have false worship. And that's exactly the answer. That's right. Uh, these people thought, well, they're, they're setting up an idol that we've been sworn to destroy and to, and to remove from our land. And here they, they, they're not faithful anymore. They've turned, turned against us. So they went, and they, they all gathered, and they were going to war. Does anybody remember what happened at Jericho? We talked about Achan. What did he do at Jericho? Do what? Yeah, he took the spoils and he wasn't supposed to. What happened to Achan and his family and his livestock? Yeah, they were killed, they were stoned and and set on fire all the way down to their animals the whole household, the families because one person did something wrong, they were destroyed so here we see a tribe that's building this altar um, that the Israelites thought was false worship, so we we see that twist Um, it looks bad for them because it looks like they've turned away so let's, uh, let's see what happens. Verses 13 through 20. I know that's a lot to read.
1: And the children of Israel sent unto the children of Reuben and to the children of Gad and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, into the land of Gilead, Phinehas the son of Eleazar the priest. And with him ten princes of, of each chief house, a prince throughout all the tribes of Israel. And each one was in the head of the house of their fathers among the thousands of Israel's, Israel. Israel. And they came unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, unto the land of Gilead. And they spake with them, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord, What trespass is that ye have committed against the God of Israel, to turn away this day from following the Lord, and that you, you have builded you an altar, that ye might rebel this day against the Lord. Is the iniquity of Peor too little for us? From which, from which we are not cleansed until this day, although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord. But ye must turn away this day from following the Lord, and it will be, it will be seeing you rebel to today against the Lord, that tomorrow you will be wroth with the whole congregation of Israel. Notwithstanding if the land of your possession to be unclean, then pass ye over unto the land of the possession of the Lord, wherein the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth and take the possession among us. But rebel not against the Lord, nor, nor rebel against us in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God. Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing and wrath fell on thee, the con- all of the congregation of Israel? And that man perished not alone in his iniquity.
2: All right, so... Those readings, I understand, can can distract us a little bit. We can get lost a little bit. But it helps tell the story. And, and probably won't have too much more reading on there. We'll just, because of our time. But uh, basically, so the Israelites sent Phinehas to go see what was going on. Um, they also sent ten chief men, one for each tribe. And they were they were going there. And they, remember, they thought they were building this altar for idol worship. But what they were doing, they were going to... to kind of inquire what's happening. Before they went to war, I mean, this is a big deal. We're supposed to go to war. We need to go over here and talk to them and see what's really happening. Um, and, and the reason that's important, and I won't read this, but in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 12 through 16, God describes this very situation happening. And He said, when it does, make sure you go inquire and check up and, and to make sure this is what's really happening. And it teaches us a good lesson. When we, we have trouble going on, uh, it's a good idea to go find out instead of hearing it from somebody that wasn't even there. Maybe it's a good idea to find out what's really happening and go to that person to see. Uh, it's a good example for us. But they were doing what God told them in, in Deuteronomy 13. They were going to check up on what's happening. So um, we see what's happening. If you read on, and, and I'm going to just scan over this because of time, we um, got about ten minutes. But verses twenty-one through twenty-seven, um, Reuben, Gad, and the half of Manasseh tribe—they explain that they built the altar for worship to God. It's wasn't an altar; it was going to be worship for idols. This was built for them as a reminder uh, that the people would follow God. And even though the river was was there separating them, this was to be a reminder for all the tribes that they were one with God that they were all following God so this was a it was a good thing that they were doing and it almost ended up as a bad thing. So uh, it's a really interesting story here and if you if you read on through 28 through um, 34 it gives a little more explanation of it verse 29 I'll read that for us I think I thought gave a really good explanation. Uh, they said this was was the ones that were accused of building the altar, the, the three tribes. It says in verse 29, Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn away this day from following the Lord by building an altar for burnt offering, grain offering, or sacrifice, other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before His tabernacle. So that gave a really good explanation of what they were doing in that verse and in those few verses there. So all was good. Remember just before I said, it looked like everything was good and they were going right off into the sunset and everything was fine. There was a little twist there in this story. Um, but everything looked good. And uh, they, they again, they made that altar, a witness between us and the Lord. So that sort of ends this lesson. And, and I may we may end just a few minutes early. But again, for us, when we study... Joshua, and we're, we're into this section. You know, that first half of Joshua, it was fun. And not to say this isn't, we have to look for important details. And a lot of times we get caught up in reading, at least I do, reading those cities, and I'm like, eh. you know, but I've enjoyed this study. I've enjoyed uh, being able to to learn more about their history and, and why things happened the way they did. But we we want to make some application for us tonight. We read these stories and uh, these things that happen with the Israelites. So what are some application for us? Um, first thing I just want to point out, remember we said that they had to go survey all that land. This was not a, a very easy, quick process. This was about a seven-year process. So understand that, that um, it was still pretty difficult on them as a people. Um, they, they had a lot of work that they had to get done before they could enjoy their land. So that was interesting that it, that it took all that time. And I thought about something. Do you think there was jealousy among the tribes? What's your thoughts? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Say the ones, say for the Levites, they were having to give up cities, whole cities in a, about a square mile of land 48 of them. What do y'all think? I know we don't know for sure. Let me ask you this way. Would we be jealous? If I had a plot of land and I had to give up right in the middle of it?
0: Spread out the jealousy. At
2: least yeah. the tribes had to give something. Alright. I guess I'm fishing a little bit. So yeah, they, they were spread out and the tribes had to do it. Why do you think they did it without complaining? We don't read of any complaining that happened. Oh, they were obedient. That was a they were obedient. Absolutely. I think there was a great fear among them too. I think, yes, they were faithful. Yes, they were obedient. Part of that reason because of the things that they'd seen happen. They were fearful of God uh, and what would happen if they didn't follow Him. The promises of God were fulfilled. God is faithful. Remember we talked about that earlier. God is faithful to us. He's made a promise to us. If we'll put on Christ... And obey Christ and follow Him. We can have a home in heaven. What's the, in your mind, what's the problem with that plan? Is there a problem with God's plan? No. Where's the problem lie? With us. The problem lies with us because we live in this old world and the devil's here. He's, He's trying to devour us. Remember that. He's throwing a lot of things our way to knock us off course. He don't want us to inherit our land. So what do we do about it? I'll just ask the audience. What do we do about it? We do the exact same thing, don't we? Situations are a little different, but ultimately the plan is the same. We remain faithful to God. We remain faithful. Being here is a big part of that. Uh, it's not just coming to hear me ramble. No offense, Jim, either. Yes, that's great that we come and we're, we're to learn from them. It's not only that. We're learning, we're studying, and Doug, that was, it was awesome what you did. These kids were, are going to remember that. And in time, it's repetition for them, and they're going to grow up strong, hopefully. But we co- also come here because we love each other, don't we? And when I'm struggling, I can talk to Rick, my friend, or I can go to Ken, or I can talk to Jim, or whoever, and, and I can we can help each other, the same way these people were helping. You know, those tribes that came over, they, they were they already had their land on the other side of the Jordan, but they still came over to help. And that's a big part of how we inherit our land. We help each other. Sometimes things can get misconstrued. We talked misconstrued. We talked about the, the altar and how that nearly ended in a, a big war. Um, should have been some discussion before the conflict and then when everything happened they went to to inquire and check out they didn't react hastily so um, a lot of good lessons we can learn just for me I just wrote down a few extras you know again God is faithful Uh, we talked about his promises that's really all all I have is any comments um, before we close tonight I hope all of us uh, can be encouraged from being here. I hope we can encourage each other. And I hope we can remember our our theme for this year. um, I can do all things through Christ. And if we're struggling being able to do that, then we need to talk to somebody and get some help. That's why we're here to help each other and love each other. Uh, Let's uh, have a prayer. We'll be dismissed for now. Yes, sir. Thank you. Is anyone that hasn't had... Chance to partake of the Lord's Supper. Uh, it's been prepared in the back. You can be dismissed at this time. Let's pray. Our heavenly Father, we love you and thank you again for this time that we've had to uh, to study tonight. Father, we pray for strength as we go out into the world that uh, we can be strong and that you would help us uh, to fight against the devil. Help us be be, uh, a light in this community. Help us to be a light at our jobs and at school and wherever we go. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for your son Jesus and the sacrifice that he's made for us. And We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.